Okay. This was really great. I really enjoyed this episode. Oh my god. I loved this episode. The story moved along. Mm -hmm. We got new information. Mm -hmm. It's great. So, hey everybody. I'm Latara. And my name is Laura. And this is... Passions Podcast. And today we're talking about episodes 40 and 41. And just like, hang on. Get ready for a fucking ride. (laughs) Okay? Well, I guess it wasn't that much of a ride. It just was really satisfying. Yeah, I feel like last week's episode, what was it, 39? Mm -hmm. 38 and 39 were a fucking ride. Yeah. But this is just like, yeah, satisfying. Like it's we start, satisfying. We start putting pieces together. Fucking finally. Finally. And it's, you know what's funny? Because like, we're 40 episodes in, but it's what, day six? <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> even know if it's day six. Like it might in, be like four or five. Like I don't know. in the day scheme, it, we haven't gone very far at all. That's true. We haven't gone very far at all. So there's a lot of information in harmony. Oh, it's so Lots good. Lots of things going on. Well, episode 40 starts down at the harbor where Frank Lomax has stalked two teen girls to the bathroom. Let us not forget. <laughs> He's standing outside this ladies' room waiting on two teen girls. <laughs> Because he's obsessed, this guy. I mean, it doesn't look good. It looks terrible. He, at best, is a creep. Yep. At worst, a pedophile. A rapist. Yeah. Or murderer. Yeah, that's true. At worst, I mean, a murderer. stalking yeah. often ends that way, it, um, sadly. And Yeah. <sighs> so, in the bathroom where these teen girls are, are two teens... Teresa and Whitney. I'm saying this. I'm saying these two teens because I need everybody to remember that these two girls are children. Yeah. Because yeah. because the writers are playing them up like grown women and they're 17, maybe 18-year-old girls. Are they... Is she older than Miguel? She's older than Miguel. Okay, so probably a 17 mm-hmm. would be my guess. She's, I'm almost 100% certain she's going into her senior year. I know for a fact that Miguel's going into his junior, junior year. year. Right. So, yeah. yeah, so these are... Children. Children. They are not adult women. And they are being put into adult circumstances by the writers of the show. Yeah, it's crazy. So Teresa and Whitney are kind of having the same conversation they always have, (laughs) right? Yeah. So, Teresa is in there, and they've started teasing the audience about Lomax and Whitney, which I really don't like. And it's kind of happening through Teresa, who is like, oh, so what about your boyfriend, Frank Lomax? And it's like teasing him about, teasing her about that. You love him. Oh my gosh, the way he's looking at you. I can see how you look at him and how he looks at you. Oh my gosh. It's the way that I feel about Ethan. So there's a lot of recap about Teresa and Ethan, and then there's a lot of teasing about Whitney and Lomax, which better not be a thing. Okay. So then Teresa... Has a fantasy. This girl's fantasies are top notch. Teresa, of all the people who have fantasies in this show, Teresa, Miguel, Charity, and Kay, those are like the four main people who have a lot of fantasies. Teresa's are my favorite. Always. Teresa's fantasy was like a cuckold fantasy today. (laughs) Like like reverse cuckold? (laughs) I mean, Gwen was there. (laughs) But you can't cuck a woman. Yeah, in this case you can. <laughs> she cucked a girl. <laughs> I cucked a girl and I liked it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We're going to stop talking about that. That's nonsense. 
so we're going to stop talking about that and move on to what her fantasy actually was, which was she basically told Whitney, if he saw me out of this disguise, things would be different, I'm sure. Mm. And so then she goes into her her fantasy and she's in her disguise with her <laughs> wig and everything. Ethan is coming out in the costumer's favorite costume for him, a towel. Mm. He's always in a towel. A towel or bathrobe. Like, which is towel adjacent, yep. really. Terry cloth. Yes. He comes out with a towel around his waist and he sees her and she starts to like unbutton her shirt and take off her clothes. And then she takes off her wig and her long, beautiful brown locks just flow in the wind. And she shakes out her hair like she's in a L'Oreal commercial. <laughs> and then... He looks at her and he's like, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, picks her up. And they, it's very sexual. And then she looks over his shoulder and sees Gwen in the doorway <laughs> with her arms crossed, just really upset. Being cucked. Being cucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. I was really worried that we had lost our edge, but it's back. <laughs> No, oh, so she, she snaps back out of that stupid fantasy, and I I loved it. I loved it, but I actually mostly appreciated Whitney's opinion, which was, you better cut your losses, girl. <laughs> She's like, you are going to have a fantastic life with a guy who is way better than Ethan Crane. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, cut your losses. This is not going to work. There's no reason for you to want it to work. He's not that great. There's someone who's way better out there waiting for you. If only you could move past this moment. Yeah. They kind of have, again, have that same conversation that they have been having for the last 40 episodes, which is Teresa's saying that she's over Ethan, even though she still, but she also says she loves him. And Whitney's saying, you're great, you can do better, and you need to stop doing this bullshit because we're both going to go to jail for it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. The Russell girls are golden. Right now, they really are. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about Simone later because I have so many things to say. But, like, TC and Eve seem to have done a good job with their their child rearing. Mm -hmm. These girls are great. Yep. I like Eve a lot. Me too. TC... I mean, I, I, I haven't seen enough of him to know so far, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I don't love the way he, how intense he is about Whitney's yep. tennis. Yeah. But, yeah, so they're in the bathroom. Frank's still outside lurking, waiting. He's like, I've heard about girls taking a long time to powder their nose, <laughs> but this is probably a world record. And he said it basically just like that. So No, your delivery was better. Oh, okay. It was horrendous. It was... Like everything about Frank Lomax, it was not great. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like hanging out outside of this bathroom waiting on these girls. But meanwhile at the Crane Mansion, what's going on over there? Well, Ethan and Gwen are making out and being in love because that's all they do. Back on those, uh, those like eggshell covered satin sheets. I said covered instead of colored. Eggshell covered. <laughs> covered satin in eggshells. <laughs> Gross. They probably been very exfoliating. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Look at look at us. Look at us. Right. So they're making out in the bed in those famous bathrobes, and Pilar knocks on the door, and doesn't really get to the point as why she's like interrupting what's going on in the bedroom. Like, they take a long time to get to the point Mm -hmm. and talk about 
how, what does he say? Ethan's like, oh, I love to have Pilar's stamp of approval. Girl, to be honest, what I have written under the Crane Mansion, this is it. It says, Pilar interrupts a conversation between Ethan and Gwen and wants to talk to Ethan about the PI he hired. That's all okay. I have. I don't know what they talked about. <laughs> I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you. That's, it doesn't really matter. I didn't take good notes about it either because it just seemed inconsequential. So It seems so pointless. Yeah, so... I think it was just more recap. Like, if you haven't seen the show, this will catch you up kind of stuff. But yeah. the important part of the scene is that Pilar brings in a letter from Frank Lomax, the P.I., and it reads, No charge until I find the stalker. So Ethan's like, what the fuck? I have fired him like 14 times, and he still is insisting on finding the stalker that I don't want him to look for and hasn't sent me a legitimate bill. This is bullshit. So he grabs the phone. He's like, I'm going to page this man because we need to figure this out. I need him to stop looking. I'm done. I just want to pay my bill and call it a day. Right. So Frank Lomax gets his page. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> he looks down. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, shit. And he sees the number. And then he tries to t- call on his cell phone, but the battery dies. And so he sees a pay phone, which are a plenty in Harmony. There's mm-hmm. so many pay phones in this town. Three per block. I guess, you know, I guess pay phones used to be like everywhere well yeah i mean i don't know it's like every business had one yeah. and like we had a payphone just around the corner from us on like on the corner from my house we didn't but i distinctly remember them being in like public places yeah because that was the only way to if there was an emergency or you needed to get in touch with somebody like that was the only way you know so it was a just a part of maintaining like yeah. public safety i think I've used a payphone like three times in my I've, life. I've definitely used a payphone. It's that twenty five cents in. Yeah, but they've just become like obsolete, obsolete. at this point. Now, now the stalls don't even have the phones in them yeah, anymore. You can you gone. just know a payphone used to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Sorry on that little tangent about payphones. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. This is this whole thing's about nostalgia. That's the whole point of this whole podcast. Yeah, so we're not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> no. So he goes, he wants to go and call Ethan back on the payphone, but if he goes to the payphone, he won't be able to see the door to the bathroom anymore. And he's that's the whole point of him being down on the harbor right now is to watch this ladies' room door Ugh. to just stand outside the women's bathroom. <laughs> And wait for two teenage girls to come out. So what does he do? He ensnares another child. Yep. He's just all about kids. So, <laughs> I don't know. So he... He's all about kids. He's all about kids. So he um, stops a little boy who's walking by and says, Hey, I got $5 in it if you sit here and watch the door. I'm looking for these two girls. He gives a description and then, like, goes to use the payphone. And he's like, if you see these girls, you need to immediately come get me. Yeah, and his description is, one's a beautiful black woman, correct. And the other one is a mousy, geeky, white girl with a short bob. And, like, giant glasses. And big glasses and clunky shoes. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Because Teresa's not white. No. <laughs> Nope. So anyway, there's that <laughs> that situation. So he goes to the payphone, and the kid sits outside, and of course Teresa and Whitney come out of the bathroom in this time, mm-hmm. and 
the boy sees them and assumes that they are not who the PI is looking for because Teresa has changed her disguise. She's beautiful again. Right. And so when Lomax comes back, he says, hey, did you see those girls come out of here? And he was like, no, I, I did see a beautiful black girl, but the girl she was with was was also beautiful. So I didn't see who you were talking about. And Lomax is like, okay, all right, you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, all right, here's your five bucks. And he go, sends the kid on about his business and continues to stalk the bathroom. He's been outside <laughs> this bathroom door all day. Well, I guess it's not really... Well, I don't wonder how long he sat out there, because the girls left. There's no... There's no time. Time. (laughs) There's no time, time. rhyme, or reason. There's Uh. no... Time does not exist anymore. And you know, you see we're losing the days. We were able to keep up with the days for a little while, and now we can't even keep up with the days. Yeah, I can't. And it's going to be... It's going to become us realizing, oh, we're still in the same day, but we have no clue how far we've gone. And, like, honestly, the thing is... I think I told you this before. Oftentimes, they will have their holidays the same fucking time we are having holidays. Mm-hmm. So when it's Christmas in the real world, it's Christmas in harmony. Mm. But how could it be Christmas in harmony when y'all have been doing oh yeah you know, seven, eight long episodes worth of days? Right. So it'll be like you know, fifteen days into the show and yeah. like four. And seasons now it's the new year. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It's- we just need to suspend reality. Yeah. The time-space continuum does not apply to daytime exist. soap operas. Nope. The, the limit does not exist. <laughs> so he's stalking the bathroom. Finally, another lady comes out of the bathroom and, and he stops her and says, did you see any these two girls in there? And she's like, no, uh, you must have missed them because I was the only person in there. And so he stops that kid again and is like, you sure that... I you you didn't see those girls leave and he's like look man I I did not see these girls that you were talking about leave mm-hmm. and then Frank Frank goes into the women's bathroom it just keeps getting worse and worse with this man to check it out Ugh. and he has lost them he sees there's nobody in there he comes back out and he's like huh something funny is going on yeah so do you think he's gonna figure out the disguise like do you think he knows that. A beautiful black girl and a mousy white girl went in, well, thanks, went into the bathroom and then, according to this kid, was told that a beautiful black girl and a beautiful, another beautiful girl, I don't know if they gave a description, I don't know if they said that she was Latinx Mm -mm, or anything, mm -mm. but that two beautiful women left the bathroom. Like, do you think he's going to start putting two and two together and be like, she must be in disguise? Look, my answer is, if he didn't put two and two together, he's not much of a P.I. But Frank Lomax is not much of a P.I. Mm. So I can't tell you. Honestly, I imagine they're setting us up for him to kind of fall in love with Whitney. Or kind of grow a little bit of a soft place for Whitney. And I think somehow that connection is going to ha- make him leave the case alone. Oh, I see. Yeah. I think that's okay. how, I don't how like we get it. out of this. I don't like it, but I guess we'll have to wait and see how this goes. Otherwise, what's the point of them trying to make a love connection between the two of them? I think... You know what I mean? I I guess they're just... It's like, got to serve a purpose. It should serve a purpose, but I also was just wondering if they're trying to pair people off just because love stories are fun, you know? I don't... I wasn't sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Frank's a very minor character. Good. I'm very tired <laughs> of him. Yeah, Frank's... Frank's a very minor character. Very tired of him. So, 
Fwili Frank at the pier or the wharf or the whatever it's called, the, the harbor. harbor. And the girls, Whitney and Charissa, head back over to the Lopez Fitzgerald house. And that takes us to the Bennett house, where Charity is on the phone with her mother, Faith. Oh, Faith. Faith, Faith, Faith. They're on the phone, and Faith is pleading with Charity to get out. Get the fuck out of Harmony. <laughs> And even though Charity has told her, I saw your sister, I've seen Grace, but Faith, as I told you, Uh, Faith says it's probably a trick. You've been deceived. And it's reasonable that she would think that. Yeah, after what happened with the computer and the chat room and Tabitha's green fire-breathing face popping out and trying to hurt her and like the tornado, I mean, the whole thing, I get it. I get why she is... You know, not easily convinced. But as a viewer, it's so frustrating because, you know, she just doesn't believe her daughter. And Charity's like, I swear I saw your twin. It's not a trick. Like, it's real. Yeah. You know, I just wish she would check it out. Like, just verify it. You know what I mean? But she's worried about getting murdered. Yeah. But Faith doesn't want to look into anything, and I understand why. And so she tells Charity to hurry her her ass home. Bring your little ass home. Nah. That's how my (laughs) mama would say it. So. (laughs) Nah. Nah. Right now. Right now. My mama would always say, right cheer. Right cheer. Right right cheer. Right cheer. (laughs) I don't know why she said it that way. I think she thought it it was funny. Right cheer. So, Faith is, I mean, fucking frantic. Faith is flipping the fuck out. I mean, I get it. I get it. But it's it's hilarious. When is Faith not flipping the fuck That's out? That's true. That's true. That's like her norm. That's so true. Her norm is like everybody else's extreme. Can you imagine like the stress on that poor woman's heart <laughs> just to be operating at that level all of the time? Charity! Charity's in trouble! There's darkness! The forces of darkness are trying to... And you know what? You know what must be even tougher? Is to be her fucking daughter. Right? Like, Mm. how hard... Because, I mean, the way... The way that Faith talks is the way, like, a paranoid schizophrenic... Yeah. ...kind of talks about angels and demons and... so Schizotypal personality. So... Yeah. And Charity has been isolated from everyone her whole life because her mom like is afraid of this darkness and this evil and to the outside world it sounds insane yeah and faith is correct but nobody else can see it Mm -hmm. and i i i feel so i kind of feel so bad for charity to have to grow up like that it's kind of amazing that charity as annoying as i do find her it's kind of amazing her outlook Mm -hmm. the fact that she is so sweet and so positive, and so open, and there, like, she doesn't seem to really have, like, any hatred in her heart. Now, she's not skeptical of anything, which Mm -hmm. is concerning, but it's interesting that this situation has kind of crafted that personality. You know what I mean? Because I don't think I would be that way. Yeah. Under the circumstances. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know, it's one of those things where... I feel like we had this conversation the other day where a lot of times when somebody grows up in, like, a really religious tradition, sometimes they go, like, the complete opposite. Mm. And some people who grow up with no religion at all uh, go the opposite and become, like, fervent believers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Charity doesn't want to be like her mom. Yeah. I feel like she thinks her mom is constantly overreacting to things. And so... 
Charity hasn't seen any proof that the world is evil. So her assumption is that my mom's completely wrong and the world is not evil at all. Uh, I don't know. That's just the way I read it. No, no, no. I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's why she's not, has no skepticism. And part of that too is because she has been so sheltered. Right. Yeah. She hasn't seen enough to know that she really should be looking out for anything at all. Mm hmm. Even when it's staring her in the face. Yeah, that that's another thing, though. She <sighs> has been almost murdered three whole times. And, she and she's just, just... She's like, oh, yeah, some hands and reached out of the sink and tried to drown me slash pull me through it. And she, and she just laughed it off. She's still walking around with the optimism of Mary Poppins, right? Like, she's... <laughs> She's just flitting around on her umbrella, and who cares? She's going in and out of cartoon worlds like it's nothing. Seriously. So, anyway. (laughs) Charity gets off the phone with her mom, because we've gone on a very long tangent. And if you don't remember, Charity was on the phone with her mom. (laughs) And Faith was trying to get her to come home. Charity gets off the phone with her mom and says, you know, I have to leave now. Yeah. I have to. My mom is losing her mind. Like, I have to go. And then what happens? Well, Miguel has offered to take Charity home, but Simone is like, wait, don't go just yet. So I think he and Charity go into, like, the living room to maybe have, like, a little private moment to say goodbye. And Simone confronts Kay. And earlier in the podcast, I was like, I really am growing to like Simone a lot, and this scene is why. Mm -hmm. Simone gives Kay the business. And she says, you know what? Kay, you need to fess up. You need to tell Charity about this picture. You need to show her the photo of your mother. It's very likely that this is her family. This is her flesh and blood. And if you won't tell her, I will. And Mm -hmm. she grabs the picture from Kay Mm -hmm. and starts to walk out. But Kay stops her, like physically kind of like gets in her way. And then um, we actually start to see, like, a softer side of Kay because she tries to explain her position. They have quite the conversation. Yeah. it's And it's kind of long, considering Charity and Miguel just fuck off for, for a few minutes, yeah. right? Even though they were supposed to be leaving. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Simone tells Kay, basically, how can you be so cold? This is your own mother. Mm-hmm. Like... Charity's heart is breaking. Mm -hmm. Miguel is miserable. These two people are miserable. And before we see the softer side of Kay, we see some of the worst of Kay. We see the softer stuff about Miguel, and then we see the worst side of her. So, because, like, in the... Because there's basically two parts to this conversation between Kay and Simone. And in the first part, uh, Kay explains that she has a deep-seated, profound love for Miguel. It's not just a crush that she's felt this way for years and that she knows that they're meant to be together, that she has more love for him in her heart than anybody else ever could. Okay, so you saw this as softness and I saw this as like she's a she's awful and she's a fucking nut. Like yeah. I really did see cuz she says <sighs> Simone says Charity's miserable, Miguel is miserable. And Kay says, I'll comfort Miguel. Then she goes into the, like, I love him. I've known him forever. And Mm -hmm. he should be with someone who has his same background and all of this bullshit. And it's all, to me, it was all such bullshit. Because the, the crux of the issue is 
that you are separating your mother right. from her sister right. on purpose. And that's what Simone... And so it, 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 for me, it wasn't softness. I, yeah. I see how it could be read that way. To me, it was just selfishness, pure and simple. But what you're saying is what Simone counters with, basically. Mm-hmm. But, but before we get there... I felt like the delivery was so different. Mm. Normally when Kay says these things, she says it with like an edge and there's some anger and there there's something else kind of like a wall that's up. So she's saying these things, but like we don't, for me, I never saw like the depth in it. Mm-hmm. In this case, the way she delivered it was different to me. It was I, more sincere. It was much more sincere. It was definitely more sincere. And it showed some vulnerability that we haven't really seen from her character yet. Is it misguided at best? Yes. Is it plainly terrible at worst? Yes. But I do think that we saw something different inside of Kay than we have seen yet. Mm. And I think it's still wrong. I don't want, I don't want it to sound like I'm defending her because I'm not, but I I think I just saw something new when it comes to Kay. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I can see it was more sincere. Mm Mm-hmm. And it did seem more like I. It did start to become more like Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald territory. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it started moving in that direction. Versus like this is a teenage girl who is like in love with this teenage boy. Mm. It really did become more like an obsessive kind of love. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, I I I agree with you there. I I just hated it. <laughs> I hated it too. And I and I and this and then Simone brought up the points that you were making. Um, and was saying, you know, you're keeping your mom from her own flesh and blood, potentially. We don't know because you won't even take a chance and show this picture. I mean, like, this could be the biggest mistake in your life, mm-hmm. and you need to think this through. You're doing the wrong thing. And Kay, like, the other side of Kay came out big time, and she attacked Simone. Yes. Yeah, she said terrible things. She's so mean to her. That That comes after Charity and Miguel leave, though. After she puts right. her hand over her mouth. Right. So Miguel and Charity come back in to say goodbye to the girls before they head to the Lopez Fitzgerald house. Mm-hmm. They kind of walk in on this and, and uh, Miguel goes, what's going on? Mm. Right. And Simone doesn't say anything. She's waiting on Ch- on Kay to kind of do the right thing. Yeah. And then they say, well, we can't wait any longer. And Miguel and Charity decide to leave. And as they're leaving, Simone has, like, this change of... Not even a change of heart. She has felt this way. She just decides to go against Kay. Mm-hmm. And so she says, Charity, wait. And then Kay puts her hand over Simone's mouth. Yeah. Because Kay is an abusive friend. She's a toxic ass friend. Yeah. She's so toxic. Agreed. She's Agreed. horrible. Yeah. She is horrible. She puts her hand over her mouth. I we are fighting. Yep. She put her she covered her mouth and then she says, "I thought you would understand yeah. what it's knowing that you always are always in second place." Actually, I wrote it down. And I thought, and I wrote, K is so mean in capital letters. Yeah, I wrote, K is shitty to Simone. Yes, it says, K and Simone argue, and K says, I thought you would understand what it's like to be in second place. And then starts, like, going in on her about how she's second place in her family to Whitney. Yep. And how her parents don't really care about her. It's 
fucking mean. Yeah, she goes Kay off. is so mean, and those are the kinds of things that make your friends turn into your enemies. Yeah. She goes in and she starts saying things like, the only reason your parents pay attention to you is because I go in and tell them to. I tell, I go to your mother and beg her to get the things that you want for your birthday, the things that you want for Christmas. It only happens because of me. I mean, she says truly terrible, hurtful things. It's awful. And then Simone still is trying to convince Kay to do the right thing. She she looks at Kay dead in the eyes. She says, you know what? I'm trying to be straight with you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you what the deal is. You're, you're keeping your mother from her sister. She doesn't know any of her family. She's been questioning things for 20 years. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're making a huge mistake. Kay is terrible. Honestly, if she treated Simone better, I don't think I would dislike her nearly as much as I hate her. Mm. But it's the way she treats Simone is awful. Yeah. Yeah, it is awful. And it's, you know, I applaud Simone for handling this situation much better than I ever would have. Mm-hmm. She she's great. This is we finally are starting to see more about Simone. I really appreciate her as a human. She's amazing. From what we're seeing, she's pretty she's pretty incredible. Mm. Considering she kind of got there on her own, like we never, you know, like she is second fiddle in her family to her dad. Her mom is always bringing up, we have two daughters. It's not just about Whitney. We have two beautiful, wonderful, talented, smart daughters, you know? But we do find out that Simone does have to does have to sacrifice a lot so that Whitney can get new equipment, so that she can right. get a new racket, so that she can go to a new t- a different tennis tournament. They t- um, Kay talks about how you can't go to summer camp because... Whitney needs new equipment and you can't get new clothes because Mm -hmm. Whitney needs a new racket. And so poor Simone, poor Simone. And yet she's so grace. I don't know. Gracious. So graceful in this situation with Kay. She really, she really is. She is. Simone has a good heart. Yeah. Her heart's in the right place. Most of the time. I think she she gets roped in to Kay's schemes mm-hmm. a lot. And, but I don't think she, she's not the mastermind ever. I think I described it a couple episodes ago that she is under coercive control. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe it. And especially based on what we've seen now in this specific scene, the way that Kay speaks to and treats her. And has a, gotten physical with her. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think it's pretty atrocious. Mm-hmm. So we should move on from these girls. Yeah. Okay, so mean. Some uh, Actually, before we move on, Simone, like I said, tries to convince Kay to do the right thing. And Kay comes back with that con artist nonsense again. Oh, please. And says, well, Charity's, I'm sure Charity's just a con artist and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So we don't really get anywhere with this picture just yet. Kay takes the picture back from Simone. Right. You see that. But we are at a standstill between these two girls at the moment. Mm-hmm. They're having a standoff. <laughs> so we should go to Tabitha's house. Yeah, let's go next door. Next door to Tabitha's house. So the last thing that happened at Tabitha's house is Sam went in to inspect what was going on because Grace saw somebody inside when they were walking Tabitha home after she feigned uh, an illness or a heart attack at the shop. So Sam hears Timmy go, Tabitha? And he goes to check it out and he's 
like, I just saw this fucking doll speak. What is happening? Yeah, and he looks, he really looks horrified. He does. He's, <laughs> he's like, it spoke. It spoke. It spoke. He's like, I swear. I swear. I heard it. I saw it. I'm not crazy. And I know then, it. I know that this happened. And then Tabitha says, oh, it's got a voice box in it that I sewed into it. <laughs> and Grace is like, wait a minute. Didn't you give me that doll to give away as a prize at the carnival? How'd it get back into this house? And Tabitha's like, oh, I just made another one. I just, you know, new and improved. And I, I put it in a voice box. I keep making the same doll with the same face. Yeah, and it says my name. Isn't that charming? And it's like, no, it's weird. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> and then <laughs> Sam is like, okay, well, let me see this doll. And he takes Timmy and he turns him upside down. And he's shaking him. And t- all the while, Timmy's going, Tabitha, 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 as like a, vo- a doll would do it. And then um, Sam's like, okay, well, we'll just cut it open and take the voice box out. It's like, bruh, this is not your doll. Why do you yeah. think you can just cut it open? It was so silly. And Tabitha stops him and says, listen, the batteries are dying. It's fine, you know. <laughs> Tabitha, Tabitha, Tabitha. 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 Yeah. So that happens. That happens. And And then then Sam and Grace get ready to go and Tabitha's like, shit, they can't go next door because Charity's there. So she pretends to have another attack. Yeah, another like heart attack. I don't know what. She's just pretending to faint and holding her chest. Yeah. And so then Eve, I assume they call Eve over. Yeah, she just showed up. They live, she she does live very nearby. Right. The Russell home is right there. It's right there. So I assume off camera they just called her mm, over she, be like, yeah. something's going on. Come take a look at this person, Yeah, please. so she, she comes over to examine Tabitha and Grace tells Eve, oh, I found my sister and tells her about the... Uh, missing persons chat room and Eve is super excited for her while she's kind of checking out Tabitha and then Tabitha is like oh see I'm fine blah 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 and Eve's like no you've had like three heart attacks (laughs) (laughs) like go go get undressed in the other room I'll give you a full examination in the other room so they go to another room and while Eve is examining Tabitha in a different room Sam tells Grace that he has a feeling about the niece that Faith spoke about on the chat room. He says, yeah. something about you having a niece is like sticking with me and it's bugging me. And I, it's like I have all of the pieces, but I'm and struggling to put them all together. It's right on the edge of my mind. I think I have this thing figured out, but I just... There's one l- missing thing, right? Yeah, those bugging instincts of, yeah. of Sam. It's really bugging him. And as this is happening, I'm not entirely sure why, but he, like, peeks under the tablecloth on the table and sees Tabitha's spirit board. So they, like, take the cloth off. Grace sits down. She's not paying attention to what he's saying at all. And starts playing with the spirit board. She goes, oh, am I with the man I love? And then she pushes it to say yes. And then as Sam is musing about what all the pieces of this puzzle could possibly mean... It activates, and the board starts working for Grace. Yeah, because Grace says, she asks if she will meet her sister, mm-hmm. right? And then it starts to move all by itself. Uh-huh. Which, Sam didn't see it. No, he didn't see it. And Somehow, he, even though they were both looking at the board. And then when Grace, I think he was just lost in thought. Okay. He's trying to he's trying to figure out this mystery about, he's like, what what is this? What is this puzzle? I can see it all, but I can't assemble it properly, right? right? So I think he was there, but he wasn't really there. 
And Grace is like, oh my god, Sam, it started, it started moving all on its own. He's like, ah, oh, it's a magnet. Yeah, he's like, there's no way, Grace. Yeah. Oh. Sam is, like, very grounded in reality. but this He's trying to he's be. He's trying to be, but the, the facts of this show are that reality has been altered tremendously by magic and paranormal activity. So Sam's going to have to get on board. <laughs> Get on board. He's gonna have to children. Get on expand board. his mind and his thinking. Oh Lord! So even Tabitha come back, and nothing is wrong with Tabitha. She's in great health. Yeah, except for a few burns. Yeah, he was like, I noticed you have some burns on the bottom of your feet, like scarring from like burns. Like scarring from burns. And Latara looks at me. She goes, Oh, do you think she was burned at the stake? And then Tabitha has a flashback of being burned, burned at the at fucking the stake. stake. Burned at the stake, this one. I shouldn't laugh about it's, about it, but like, because the Salem witch trials are horrible. Horrific. But the flashback is hilarious. Yeah. And it's not important at all, except it's it, to be entertaining. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's in no way important. It's just like, Tabitha's a witch. Tabitha's a witch, of course. And look, the Salem witch trials were an atrocity, and they didn't find any witches, and if there were real witches, they certainly would have avoided it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if I was an actual witch with actual magic, yeah, I'd fuck you all up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How, what, how do you, mere mortal man, think that you would be able to apprehend a real witch? Right. <laughs> I, I, anyway. Forget it. Anyway. So they just killed a bunch of women. They just killed a bunch of women. Uh, and Tabitha I somehow escaped. Because she's a real witch. The, the pyre. We haven't seen how it's happened yet, but we know it's going to. Because she's a real witch and you can't kill a real witch with fire. Mm. I, I imagine. Mm. That's just something they made up. Well, she does have burnt markings on her feet. Yeah, but she, it didn't kill her. That's true. They can harm her, but, but they couldn't kill her. kill her. Wait, we don't know. Kill it with fire. See if it ever comes back up. I'm sure it will. Now that we're starting to see Tabitha in, like, her pilgrim garb, <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more, and I can't wait. Oh, it's great. It's crazy. So, uh, there's nothing wrong with Tabitha. So, Grace and Sam are eager to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Grace is eager to get back to talking to her sister on the, the um, missing person's chat room, but Tabitha stalls them because... Charity, again, is still at their house, mm-hmm. and she also doesn't want Grace getting back on the chat room, so she's just trying to avoid both of these situations, either mm-hmm. of these situations, right? Yeah, and she kind of guilts them into staying yeah, around longer. She says, won't you have stay and have tea? You have to have tea with me. And Grace says, well, I really want to get back to my sister. And Tabitha goes, oh, that's right. You have someone. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam... Gives no fucks and is on his way out the door no matter what. (laughs) And Grace is like, oh, no, of course we'll stay for tea. And Sam gives her this look (laughs) that is like, what the fuck? We've been dealing with this woman for hours now. (laughs) Sam can't stand Tabitha. Sam can't stand Tabitha. He really can't. But she's all excited because her little scheme has worked. She goes, oh, I'll put the kettle on. And then she goes into the the kitchen with Timmy. Yeah, she grabs Timmy so that she can talk to him in the kitchen. Yeah, and they have a little conversation. What do they say? Well, Timmy tells her that the spirit board was moving for Grace. And Mm. that's a big deal because up until now, we didn't know if Grace had any powers. But Tabitha confirms if the spirit board was working for Grace, then that means she must have the same power as her sister. 
Yeah, and I thought Faith didn't have any power. I we knew Grace had power. We already knew that. I feel like this is just a sloppy thing that the... You know what? They write so fucking much. How could they keep up with all the details? Yeah. Because they did tell us that Faith didn't really have any powers. Grace was the one with the power. Because Faith says that charity it has to do what Grace was supposed was, to do. Was meant to do. Yeah. Maybe it takes two of them. It takes two, baby. It takes two. I was just saying, um, it takes two from a hairspray. Oh, <laughs> in my mind, I had a different song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a, it's a pair. Like you have to have a coven of witches. A coven. <laughs> I was telling, I, I was saying like the power of three. Oh, okay. like in Charmed. Yeah. Oh, I, so I never charmed. really watched Charmed, but I know enough about it to know that they had to have three of them. I don't know anything about Charmed, but I know about covens. A coven. Have you ever seen the movie, uh, Oh, The Coven? No. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, no. it's so good. Oh, no. Or is it called The Covenant? What the fuck is that movie called? I have no idea. What's it about? Is it about witches? Yeah. It's about these, like, teenagers in high school who, like, form a coven. Uh-huh. And one becomes, like, super evil. Ooh. A coven club. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's called The Coven. But it's very good. We should watch it. It's from the 90s. We should watch that. Okay. Yeah. We should definitely I haven't watch seen that. it, so it'll be an adventure. You would like it. Let's do it. Um, so... Back to <laughs> keep getting, keep getting sidetracked. That's a passion. That's a passion. It's the thing that we're doing right now. Um, so as Tabitha and Timmy are in the kitchen, she looks out the window and sees that Charity and Miguel are walking away from the Bennett house and looks like they're heading towards his home, which they are. And Tabitha goes, oh, these years I've underestimated the power of prayer. prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and then she and Timmy start to sing, ding dong, the brat is gone. Ding, ding dong, dong, the brat, brat is gone. gone. Not ding dong, the brat is gone. The yeah. brat is gone. No, that would make sense. <laughs> it's ding dong, the brat is gone. Yeah. It's never she, really they probably, like she probably singing. Can't, they probably couldn't use the music. Like they probably couldn't use that melody. Oh, I'm sure they couldn't. Yeah. yeah. So they just altered it a little bit. Yeah. It should have been, yeah. Ding dong, the brat is gone. Like the witch. She's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, hilarious. Anyway, so... Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Sam and Grace enter the kitchen and are like, were you dancing, Tabitha? <laughs> Grace is like, you need to stop overexerting yourself. You've had three heart attacks in the last hour. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what happens after they see her dancing? Well, they come in and somehow the conversation shifts. Like, Tabitha weasels her way out of it and is like, oh, no, I wasn't dancing. And Grace is like, oh, by the way... Uh, what's going on with your little spirit board? I was playing around with it yeah. and it started working. And Tabitha's like, oh, this old thing. I just, she's like, I just eat my TV dinners off of yeah, it. Yeah, she's like, I didn't even know what it was. A spirit board, you say? Yeah. She says, that sounds wicked. I'm going to get it out of my house. Yeah, and then she like throws it into the trash can. And Grace is like, oh, I, I kind of was having fun. Do you mind if I take it home? <laughs> no. And then Tabitha stopped paying attention. I don't know. I don't remember that. But she didn't take it home. She didn't take it home. Tabitha stopped her somehow. So Grace and Sam leave, and as they're standing on Tabitha's porch, Grace says, you know, oh, I want to go help Charity, um, Miguel's friend, because, you know, she's been looking for someone, and I know what it's like to be looking for someone and not be able to find them, right? Mm -hmm. And then Sam finally puts two and two together. Sam's got it figured out. Sam's got it figured out. Oh, Sam's got it figured out. Sam's got it figured out. Whoa, what? Sam's got it figured out. Hey, Sam's got it figured out. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Okay, so Sam's got it figured out. He says to Grace, he says, I think Charity 
is your niece. Yeah, I think I know who Miguel's girlfriend is looking for. I think it's been you all along. Mm -hmm. My question is, how did he figure it out? Like I told you. So they gave us little clues that Sam was getting it together. Yeah. That he was figuring it out. Yeah. And he did say, he says, something about your niece earlier on, Uh you having a niece, something about that is, he knew that they were from Castleton. Right. I think he knows that Charity is from a nearby town. Okay. And that he had run into Charity looking for someone right. who had just passed by. Oh, right, right. And I he think he just put it him. all, finally just put it all together. All right. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. Sam's a good detective. Sam Bennett. Small yeah. town dick. <laughs> <laughs> Small town dick. That's what they're called. The detective, like an old timey term. I know. Dick small Tracy. town dick. Nah, Sam's not small town, and neither is his dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam is so hot. Look, Sam looks like he was. He looks like the fucking Adonis. He looks like he has been chiseled from marble. He's so handsome. He loves his wife. So much. He loves his daughters so much. We haven't seen him with his son, but I'm sure he's a great dad to him, too. Yeah. He's, like, in the community, working hard, trying to keep people safe. He's standing up to those cranes. Mm-hmm. And he's... And you know what? Here, here! And when Luis was wrong, Sam checked him, mm-hmm. too. I really like Sam. I love I Sam. love everything about him. I love Sam. Okay. And that face doesn't hurt. Oof. Oof, that body just does not quit. <laughs> Ooh, he has thick thighs too. I don't know yeah. about you. I love a man with like thick thighs. Ooh, some big some big legs. Ooh. All right. <laughs> We're gonna take a break. Cool down. We're gonna cool down. We're gonna cool from off our and Sam take a break. Talk. But we'll be back in just a moment. We're back from the break. Hey, we're back from the break. Say what? Back from the break. Say it again. We're back from the break. And Sam's got it figured out. Sam's got it figured out. Hey, Sam's got it figured out. Sam's got it figured out. Ooh! Okay, Sam's got it figured out. Thank God. Finally. Fucking finally. Sorry, I was talking at the same time. Oh, it's okay. It doesn't (laughs) matter. But yeah, Sam's got it figured out. Thank God. Oh, thank God. So, actually, since we left off with them at the end of the last episode, you want to start with them? Yeah, kind of finish up that story. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's do this. So, we left Simone and Kay in the kitchen trying to do the right fucking thing. And Kay is, like, pushing back against Simone and is like, no, I'm not going to tell my mom what's going on. And... Simone's like, well, you, I guess you really don't care, do you? You just want to get Charity out of Miguel's life at all costs. And Kay is like, well, if Charity's not around, then he'll fall in love with me. Like, she's so delusional. She's so delusional. Like these people on 90 Day Fiance. Just delusional. delusional. Call her Yolanda. Yeah, right? I mean, look, we know Teresa's delusional, 
But she's like, I love Ethan, and he's the best. If only he could get to see me and know me, he would love me too. She's not like, we got to get Cuck Gwen out of the way. You and, know what I mean? And Teresa's delusional in a lovable way. Mm-hmm. Kay is delusional in, like, a malignant way. Yeah. To yeah. the point that she will sabotage her own mother. I don't believe for one second that Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald would throw her mother Pilar under the bus for Ethan Crane. Never. Never. Never, ever, ever. But we are watching Kay do it in real time. Yeah. No, I don't think that would ever happen. Yeah. So, outside of the house, while Kay and Simone are bickering, I shouldn't say bickering, while while Simone is trying to get Kay to do the right fucking Mm -hmm. decent thing, Mm -hmm. Sam and Grace are on the way back from Tabitha's house, but they, like, Make a stop outside the bus station? Bus stop? I, I think it's sure just it a was. bus stop. But I, why did they stop? I don't know why they... They just stood there and talked, and I didn't understand. I was like, how did they... Remember, I looked up and I was like, where are they? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like on a sidewalk talking yeah, like, to each sitting other. sitting on a bench. I don't know. But Sam is basically trying to convince Grace that he solved the case. Charity is your niece. We figured it out. You know... We gotta go find this girl. And Grace is like, you know, I can't believe it, but I spoke to Charity's mother, and we just never exchanged names. Yeah, but I know her last name is Standish. Right, exactly. So they start hurrying home again, and then they stop again, and Sam is like, you know, maybe I jumped the gun. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten you all excited about something. I could be wrong. And then Grace lists off every question that we've had. Yeah. (laughs) Every question. She says, yeah, it just seems like something's trying to keep us apart, because... I've just missed Charity so many times, and why didn't I ask for uh, Mrs. Standish's first name? And why didn't I turn around when she was standing behind me in the house? Why didn't I go and talk to her when she was standing right in front of me at the church? Right. Yeah. Why didn't I recognize her voice as my voice? Yes. Why didn't I recognize her body as my body? Mm-hmm. I've seen this fucking woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are twins. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I've seen her. It's so ridiculous. So all of this leads her to to ponder that uh, perhaps these powers of darkness are real Mm. and that they are trying to keep her apart. And Sam's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, it's just a coincidence. Like, don't you start this bullshit, too. Right. Because he's already, I feel like he's already a little bit concerned about Grace. And he doesn't know anything about this woman or her family. She might have, like... A history of mental illness True. in her family, That's right? Good point. So again, we don't want him having to be like Mr. Rochester, having to lock up his <laughs> wife, in yeah. Jane Eyre. So they finally get back to their house. They burst into the kitchen where Kay and Simone are still talking, and they immediately are like, "Where's Charity? We got to talk to Charity." And Sam tells the girls that they think that Charity might be. Grace's niece mm-hmm. and Grace is worried that something has happened to them and they need to find them immediately and again Simone pushes Kay to do the right thing and tell her parents yeah. that Charity is at Miguel's house Kay acts first of all Kay acts so surprised when her mom and dad come in and tell her about Charity she's like what really yeah and uh, I mean at this point This is when Simone is like, the jig is up, kid. Mm -hmm. And she urges her to tell her mom that Charity went to Miguel's house, but Kay is really having none of it. And then she kind of starts to, it seems she's having a change of heart. She says, I do actually need to tell you guys something. And then she, 
then what happens? Because I got a little foggy on this because she doesn't say anything. Well, Grace interrupted her. Oh, okay. She was like, I, I think she finally was starting to come around because Simone was like, look at what this is doing to your mother. Like, you need to be honest with her. Mm-hmm. And I think she started to come around and was like, you know what, Mom, I have something I have to tell you. And then Grace is like, can you imagine? What if, what if it's true and then you'll have... A cousin who's your age, and she likes Miguel, so you guys already have, like, a built-in friendship there, and it would be so great for him, and I think... Oh, yeah, and she said, like, he seems to be really taken with her. Yeah, Yeah. who knows how far this relationship will go between them, right? And so that gets Kay's wheels spinning, and she's like, well, fuck this, I'm not gonna tell you anything. Yeah, she turns back around to Simone. Again, Simone and Kay are having a conversation in one part of the kitchen, and Sam and Grace are having kind of a conversation in a Another part of the kitchen. And the kitchen is not big. Yeah, they're standing right next to each other. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so, yeah, it's dumb. So anyway, Sam, thank goodness for Sam, is like, well, let's let's give her a call. You know, we know her name. Faith Standish. Calls in. Ah, shit, it's an unlisted number. But I'm going to use the police resources, and no matter what, we are going to find your sister. No matter how long it takes, we're going to get this done. Meanwhile three feet apart in the kitchen. Simone looks at Kay and tells her straight to your face, straight to her face. You're lying to me and you're lying to yourself mm-hmm. because Kay is trying to convince herself that charity and her mother are con artists. Absolutely. And Simone says, look at the facts, man. Your mother has been looking for someone for 20 years. Like she doesn't, she's been looking for her family for 20 years. Charity's mom has been looking for her twin sister for about 20 years Mm -hmm. like they've never seen each other like this is happening Kay. you need to get on board yeah and she goes you can't keep the truth from your mother and if you don't tell her i will Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna do this with with you i will tell her and then Kay looks at simone and says you are such a hypocrite How would you feel if your mother knew all of the things that you did in the past? Like, she's threatening Simone. If you tell my mom, then I'm going to tell your mom. That is not a friend. She's threatening her, threatening to blackmail her, basically. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. These are two, Simone's not a hypocrite because these are two totally different things. Anything Simone has ever done in her past, I'm sure does not equate what Kay is doing now. Mm-hmm. I am certain that Simone has never kept Eve's sister from her on purpose for a boy. Yeah, right. right. Her long-lost twin sister. Right. I'm sure the things that Simone ha- has done, I'm sure they're like snuck out at night. I mean, you maybe. know, It's like yeah. basic teenager shit. Basic teenager shit. Like, oh, maybe she like... And, like, helping Kay with her fucking schemes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 More than anything, she's just an accomplice. Mm -hmm. Kay, again, (laughs) again, coercively controlled accomplice Mm -hmm. to her captor Kay, her abuser Kay. Mm -hmm. So, at this point, Grace kind of overhears the girls arguing, because Kay is like, I'm not telling my mother. And finally, Grace is like, not not telling telling me what? what? (laughs) (laughs) And Kay fucking lies. She goes, oh, well, you know, I'm worried about you, Mom. And I'm really worried that Charity and her mother are going to take advantage of you. So she's still lying. Yeah. She's like, these people, we don't know these people. And oh, she's such a mess. And she then she goes back to Simone again. And they have another 
conversation where Simone's just trying to push Kay in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And Kay's like, my mom already has a family. She has me and Jessica and dad and Noah. We all love each other. She doesn't need any more family. This girl is a just like a top notch. She's an uber bitch. She's a see you next Tuesday. She is an uh, see you next Tuesday, an uber bitch. I don't like her. Yeah. I can't stand Kay. And part of the reason is about to happen. So Simone finally takes matters into her own hands. Right. And she still tries to be kind to her best friend, Kay. She really does, because she could have blown that shit all the way up. And instead, what did she do? She said, oh, you know what, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, there is something that I've forgotten. I'm so sorry. And Kay kind of tries to stop her, and she's like, no, Kay, you re you weren't in here for this. Mm -hmm. You don't remember this because you had gone outside. But Mc I do kind of remember Miguel saying that he was going to take Charity to his house and pick up his motorcycle. So they're probably still there. You might be able to catch them. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Simone. Thank you, Simone, for doing the right fucking thing. So Sam and Grace are elated, obviously. Mm -hmm. And they're like, thank you so much. This is amazing. And they run out to go to the Lopez Fitzgerald house and try and intercept Charity before Miguel gets her home. And then Kay looks at Simone and says, you traitor, and slaps the shit out of her. I have no words. We would have been fighting. And Simone would take her. Kay, I like Kay's tiny. Kay is tiny, she, but she, she is athletic. She she plays oh, softball. Right. She's she, <laughs> she just looks so fragile to me. Yeah, she she is athletic uh, according to her character story. Yeah, that's true. You know? um, she slaps the shit out of Simone. Slaps her right across her the face. Her best friend slaps her, and Simone like protected her. Like you said, she could have blown that shit up. She really, she really could have. She could have came out and said, look, Kay's been hiding this from you. She's been hiding this from Charity. We figured this out mm -hmm. like hours ago. We figured this out mm -hmm. and she's been hiding the whole thing. Because that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. So, Kay, actually, Kay's lucky that Simone did that. Truly. Yeah, well, because Simone is a good friend. She doesn't want to get Kay in trouble. Mm -hmm. And she knows that it'll hurt, maybe irre irrevocably hurt her family mm -hmm. if she's caught lying about this. And mm -hmm. so she does what she can to correct the wrong, make it right, and keep her friendship intact. Kay's a monster. Kay's awful. Kay is a sexual, violent predator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, she is. Kay's a monster. Oh, I don't she wet like the bed her. and like torture animals. Jesus. Does she have? I'm serious. Like she, look, the things that she is doing are terrifying, and these are things that are often overlooked and eventually lead to like straight up murderers and you know rapists and things like that. Like this kind of behavior in a man would be considered in a very different way than than society thinks about with women but it's the same thing yeah she's still doing the same things there and it's awful it's unacceptable yeah she's quite the villain her behavior she's wow. quite the villain wow yeah i can't believe she slapped her so since they're headed to the lopez fitzgerald home you want to talk about what's going on over there yeah oh it starts off with hank and louise outside they're like on their way from the youth center and they're just like talking about Sheridan as they come into their into the home where Charity and Miguel are in the kitchen, mm -hmm. basically like saying their goodbyes. Mm -hmm. And Miguel's like, you know, we need a miracle 
and I know we're going to get one. We are meant to be together. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel. Mignell. Mignell. He's so sweet. What a sweet kid. Really. He's really going out of his way for this girl. Yeah. Yeah. He's sweet. Little Mignell. So, yeah, they all start to talk to each other. Luis, Hank, Miguel, and Charity. And uh, Luis asks, hey, did you find your aunt? (laughs) And she's like, no. And unfortunately, now I think I have to leave forever. (laughs) Is that your Charity voice? (laughs) Yeah. Is it bad? No, I... I think we might have to leave forever. She doesn't move her mouth. I know. She I think we may have to leave forever <laughs> and never come back. I'll <sighs> never be back. I just need some character development with Charity. Because right now, her only attributes are that she's sweet and she's nice and she's understanding. Yeah, she's so trash. And that's it. Like, there's, there's nothing else going on with I'm her. I'm so bored. And, yeah. I'm yeah, so bored. There's just nothing else going on. And she's helpless. Completely and totally. So irritating. I think that's part of what irritates me the most about her. She's completely... But that's also, like, one of the things that bothered me about Sheridan before. Mm -hmm. Was that she was just so completely helpless and fucking clueless. Yeah. And pathetic. Yeah. I see that, for sure. Charity. So, anyway, I'm just waiting for them to, like, do more, make her more. She's just... She's not fleshed out in any way. There's no interesting quality. She, what is she, you know, like, and I just don't so, know It's so funny. About her. It's so funny to me because she is considered, like, the perfect girl. But there's nothing interesting about her. Nothing. Right? They, like, talk about how perfect she is and how great she is, but she's not. What does she care about? Is she passionate about anything? Does she have any talents? Is she working toward, toward any goal? Who is Charity? Who is Charity? Who is Charity? And yeah, you're right. They're trying to tell us that this is the perfect girl. But yeah. all we know about her is that she's helpless. Because she's nice and she's helpless. And she's helpless because Miguel's like desperately in love with her. Hank and Luis both kind of make a comment about how great she is and how hope, I wonder if she's got an older sister. Wish she had an older sister. And like, yeah. Like, but what they said is she's sweet and she's down to earth. But is she down to earth? We don't know that about her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're trying to push this narrative on us that only uninteresting girls are perfect. Well, only uninteresting girls are perfect because nobody's fucking perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd rather be interesting and weird than uninteresting and perfect. Absolutely. There's a question on OkCupid. Because that's the site I'm on, if anybody... No. <laughs> if any listeners are interested. If y'all trying to get at me, that's how you can. No, anyway. <laughs> so, there's a question, though, that's like, would you rather be weird or normal? I was like... Weird. Weird. So many people answer normal. Also, what is normal? Exactly. Like, normal is... Normal is and in what's the, weird? Normal is in the eye of the beholder. And so is weird. And so is weird. Because I feel like there's probably plenty of people who would think this is weird. This is very normal for <laughs> us, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting in this room covered in blankets yeah. recording a podcast. In a sweltering bedroom. <laughs> sweltering. <laughs> you don't know what we go through to get you this great content. No, we love yeah, it. Yeah, we do love it. Okay. We love it, but it is hot. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she's not interesting. No, and that's the not. problem right now. And it's been 40 episodes. Like, right. she, they could have found something interesting about her. But, right. And what is interesting about her is that she does have paranormal, like, powers, but we haven't developed that at all. Right. I, I also think that she has been a main character in all of these episodes. 
basically from the beginning. And so you see some other characters who are just now being developed, like Simone, who Mm -hmm. really has only just come into her own in this last episode or so. And we're like, oh, okay, this is who she is, and this is what she cares about, and this is what she thinks. And she's, you know, we are starting to see who Simone is. We've dedicated almost 40 episodes to charity, and we don't really know anything about her. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, why it bothers me so much, because we've spent a lot of time with her, and yet we know we don't know her. We don't know her at all. Right. No, all we know is that she cares so much about Miguel for whatever reason. Well, he's learning how to act. He is getting much better. He's he's really improving, so yeah. good for him. So they're at the Lopez Fitzgerald home, and they're having a little conversation, you know, just yeah. making small talk. And then Charity leaves the kitchen to go say goodbye to Teresa and Whitney, who are in a, probably Teresa's room or the living room or something. We don't know. And after she leaves, Hank turns to Miguel and was like, you've got great taste in women, and I'm looking forward to getting to know her. She seems lovely. <laughs> and then Hank randomly looks at Luis and Miguel and is like, so whatever happened to your brother Antonio and your dad? Yeah. They just keep dropping that kernel. It's important. And Luis says, don't ask. And so Hank bags off. Mm. Bags off. And we talk later about their dad. Pilar has a little conversation with uh, Sheridan that we will get to soon, which is an important conversation that was some new information that I appreciate. Yeah. So the boys sit down to have some, some leftovers, Luis and Hank. Miguel goes outside to get the bike started. And Luis... Is I don't know. I guess they're talking about like I literally just wrote Hank and Louise talk about life stuff. I, yeah, <laughs> they talk about life stuff. It doesn't really matter. I mean, Hank does mention that he needs to get a job, mm-hmm. so I guess that's on the brain. And then Charity comes back in after saying goodbye to the girls, and Louise is like, you know, do you have a picture of your mom? Like maybe we can clear some of this up. You've been looking for your aunt. Like maybe if we can see a picture, one of us might recognize her twin. Like we can help figure some of this out. You know, let's see what we can do here. And Charity's like, I don't have a picture on me. And he goes, okay, when you get home, fax me one or email me one. And I'll I'll look. I work at the police department and I'll see what I can do. You know what's interesting, though, is Charity has been talking about finding her mom in in Harmony since before she left the last couple of times. Like, she's been Mm -hmm. back and forth to Harmony a couple of times now. And... So, why wouldn't she have thought to bring a picture of her mom with her? I don't get that. I don't get that because the whole point of her going to Harmony each time has kind of been Miguel convincing her, oh, we can, Mrs. Bennett can help you. Everybody, she knows everybody in Harmony. Maybe she can help you. That's been like three trips ago. Right. Right? So, why hasn't on the subsequent trips, why hasn't she brought a picture with her? Because the last time, when he fir- the very first time anybody asked her about a picture, she said, oh, it was in my other bag. So she has a picture of her mom that yeah. she generally would carry with her. Yeah, she just hasn't retrieved it for whatever reason. Because she's a moron. <laughs> she uh, Right now, she's just basic. Ugh. She, I mean, is there anything more basic than basic? Factory settings. She's, she... <laughs> okay. Charity is at factory settings <laughs> right now. <laughs> No extra apps, no, like, nice lock screen factory settings. Factory settings. Honey, she is so basic. That's the best way to describe her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, of course, she's like, I don't have a picture. And Luis 
Uh, Luis is pretty great. He's I like, love look, him. I'm going to help out. Find a picture, fax it over to me, or email it over to me. We'll see what we can do. You know, everyone's trying to help her out. She yeah. just won't help herself. She won't help herself. She's like, won't. help me help you. Yes. Jesus Christ. So then what happens outside? Something with the bike and that stupid Girl, ring. Miguel is, like, working on his bike. It won't start. And then Charity starts to kind of, like, flip out. She's like, well, I'm going to have to take a cab again, girl. Not mm. again. We're not going back to the cab thing. We're not doing this again. She's like, well, I'm going to have to take a cab because my mom's really freaking out. And she's, like, freaking out a little bit. And Miguel's like, calm down. I'm just going to kind of fix my bike a little bit. And then we can go. Like, I'm sure I can take care of this. You don't have to take a cab. I will take you home. So he's like hitting his bike with a wrench. (laughs) (laughs) He's not really doing anything. But at at a certain point, like a little silver ring falls off of the, of the bike. And Charity looks down at it and goes, Oh, it looks like a ring. I'm going to keep it to remind me of you. And, it's a, it's kind of a reminder of our time together. Bitch, that's a part off this bike. That he's trying to get to run properly. <laughs> you really want to take, <laughs> you really want to take that chance? <laughs> that nut and bolt. I mean, it's probably important. Yeah. It's like when you're on an airplane and you see like a loose bolt or something <laughs> in, like in the aisle and like, do y'all need this? <laughs> this, I, this does not bode well. Oh, God, so silly. So we then go back inside. Well, the camera goes back inside. Charity and, and Miguel are still outside. And Luis looks at Hank and goes, isn't she, isn't she sweet? Down to earth. She's great. You know, I wish she had an older sister. Gross. Yeah. And Hank is like, yeah, what's going on with uh, you and Beth? You know, are you in the market? Are you, like, dating her anymore? And they tell us a little backstory about Luis and Beth. They were, like, prom king and queen together for years. Well, I'm glad you heard all that because I did not hear any of it. I sure did. (laughs) And Hank was like, why didn't you get married? And Luis is like, well, I can't promise marriage to any woman because right now I need to be taking care of my family. Right. And Um, then he starts talking about all his relatives. And can we talk about Paloma? Who the fuck is Paloma? That's their sister. There's another Lopez Fitzgerald? This Paloma is Antonio, Luis, Teresa, Miguel, Paloma. What? We have not heard about her. And she's staying with some aunt? Yeah, in Mexico. Oh. Are we are we going to meet Paloma? Eventually. What the fuck? There's so many characters. Oh my gosh, girl. You... But three members of this family are missing right now. I mean, I guess we know where Paloma is, but still. We haven't even scratched the surface of the characters in Harmony. Oh my god. I just, I thought that we kind of knew who was in family. Girl, we still have to meet all those Crane children. I keep forgetting that there are other cranes. Yes. Oh, my God. We still have to meet all those other crane children. Oh, my God. I keep forgetting that we're, like, 4% through. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're 4% through the show. Yeah. Maybe less than. Oh, my God. So, apparently, there's uh, another sister, Paloma. It's almost like every one of these families has, like, an extra person we haven't seen yet, at least. Yeah. Except for TC and um, Eve. They just have the two girls. Yes. They don't have a son that they just haven't talked about yet? Are you sure? You sure about it? Because Eve, Eve has only ever been like, we have two beautiful daughters. Yeah, they have two beautiful Maybe daughters. Maybe they have a beautiful son they have two or be- three. They have two beautiful daughters together. That's okay. all I know. Okay. But, like... No Palomas? We haven't seen Noah 
in the right. Bennett home. We haven't seen like the other three Crane children. <laughs> we haven't seen Antonio or Paloma through the Lopez Fitzgeralds. Oh and that's God. all our families right or now. Or the dad. He's missing. Yeah, he's missing. Martin. Martin. Okay, I didn't know his name. I'm pretty sure his Mar- name is Martin. Martin Lopez Fitzgerald. <laughs> so anyway, we're in the kitchen. Hank and Luis are talking. Luis explains everything with his family, whatever. And then Hank starts talking about Sheridan and starts mooning over this beautiful woman. And Luis is like, she's never going to go out with you. <laughs> Hank's like, what are you talking about? We have a date. And I think he gets a little worried about it because he calls Sheridan to confirm the date. Yeah. And Sheridan's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what? A, a date? What? A lobster shack? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you agreed at the youth center to go on a date with me at the Lobster Shack at 7 p.m. She's like, I'm so sorry. It's been a hard, a long, hard day, and I just didn't remember that. I'm so sorry, but sure. Like, yeah, I would I would love to get out of the house. So yeah. he is a little weight off his shoulders where he's like, see, she would go out with me, even if she didn't remember that I asked her out. Yeah. Ugh. And then Pilar comes back from work, and we'll talk about what she did at work later, but... She comes back from work and talks with Luis really quickly, and he's like, oh yeah, I've got a date at the Lobster Shack at 7 p.m. with Beth. So while Hank is on the phone making a date with Sheridan, Luis is telling his mom about his date with Beth, and they're all happening at the Lobster Shack again. 7 p.m., I cannot wait. Yeah, because Sheridan says, I'd love to go out with you as long as you don't bring along Officer Lopez Fitzgerald. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) Well, girl, brace yourself. Brace yourself. We're going back to the lobster shack. I can't wait. I love the lo- I want some lobster so Me too. fucking bad. Again, mm. I've just been like looking at lobster rolls on Instagram mm. again. You know, I mean, as one does. And it's summertime. It's lobster There's time. so many places are like posting their lobster rolls and they mm. all look so freaking good. Mm. <laughs> I want some. But I don't want to get Corona. Oh, I know. We just have to keep on cooking. I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> so anyway, the bike starts to work. Miguel and Charity hop on and they drive off. Right. So we shall see if Grace and Sam will make it there in time. Yeah, are they going to intercept and, them? Yeah. I hope so. God, I, I too. hope so. So let's go to the Crane Mansion. Yes, let's. So, over at the Crane crane Mansion, I've been meaning to make this point for a while. Sheridan is, like, taking a load off in the living room. Are we just going to give up on the fact that Sheridan has a a phobia of this room? I think so. We have just given up on that. Because they they mentioned it. Because they have to shoot in the mansion, and that's, like, the only main room in the mansion, I guess. Because she is just having the most relaxing time in this room and has been in and out of there multiple times at this point. Right. When they introduced the idea that she has this phobia because of this memory, they made it very clear that she has difficulty stepping foot over the threshold and into the the sitting room, the living room, whatever you want to call this. But yeah, it's a major set piece that they have built and have to shoot on. And so they keep putting her in there (laughs) and then just ignoring the fact that they already set up a premise that she can't be in there so we're just we're just giving up on that (sighs) we're just gonna give up on that who who cares they just assumed we were too dumb to notice but we're not we're not that dumb Mm -mm. 
we're just a little bit dumb sometimes. Occasionally. So. <laughs> and usually for the sake of humor. Yeah. So she falls asleep. She takes a little nap in this living room. Seems like it would be very restful. And then during her nap, though, she does have a dream of we get some more of that flashback yeah. of her as a, a little girl. And we see her as a little girl and we hear someone telling her she's a wicked, wicked girl, a man mm-hmm. telling her she's a wicked, wicked girl. And she, as a little girl, says, I'm not wicked. I'm not. And so we see that little bit of flashback, and then we hear her say she didn't mean to do it, and the voice says, yes, you did. She says, I didn't do it. I didn't mean to do it. And that man's voice says, yes, you did. It made me feel sad for Sheridan. Yeah, and then Sheridan kind of wakes up, is jolted awake. It was a sad memory. As much as I do dislike Sheridan for reasons that we've discussed, I also do feel sad for her. And they're showing us things where I'm like, okay, they're fleshing her out, which is what I want for charity. Just flesh her out. But it's so it's interesting and I like it and I'm I'm, you know, getting a fuller picture which I which I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm wondering if that voice is like Alistair Crane. Yeah. It's either Alistair or Julian, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably Alistair, because that's her dad, and mm-hmm. it would make sense for Right? Yeah, for him to kind of be like the the overseer of the yeah. house, I the guess. The overlord. The overlord. Yeah. Lord Alistair. Yeah, it's it's one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I feel like he's manipulating her into thinking that she did something she didn't do as a child. Yeah. And now it's, like, haunting her and it's, like, colored her whole life. Yeah. You know? It's pretty obvious she didn't do anything. Of course. No. She's like a little child. Yeah. Like you said, I do feel kind of sad for Sheridan. With all her shortcomings and failings, that this is not her fault. Right. Um, So she is kind of startled awake by her dream. And then Pilar comes in and notices that she's visibly kind of upset. And she kind of says, are you still having those dreams? Those memories are still bothering you? And they talk about it. And Sheridan says, I used to think that things would get better. You told me things would get better, but they still haven't. And they talk about that night. Yeah. That night. And Pilar says, you know, everyone has forgotten about it. The only people who know about it is me and the rest of your family. And none of us are going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what happened, but I can't wait to find out. Me too. I, uh, I, uh, And it seems like this is such a big plot point that I should remember, but I honestly don't remember. Oh, really? I thought you were I, maybe pretending no, for my I, sake. No, I, I honestly don't remember. I have like an inkling of what I think it is, but I truly do not remember. Huh. Okay. Well, I I really am curious to find out. We probably won't know for like, you know, 300 episodes or something crazy. I don't remember and part and part of me thinks since it is supposed to be such a big plot point and I don't remember it that it must have fizzled. Mm. Like they must have done it the, the reveal must have been like anticlimactic. Ah. Of yeah. whatever it was, it must have been like, "Oh, Oh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it now, and I can't wait to find out what it is. Yeah. So they're talking. They're talking. And I, you know, I have to say, Pilar, I really do like, I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. And she, she tells Sheridan, she goes, you're an adult now, Miss Sheridan. You need to confront your past. Mm-hmm. You know, which is the best advice Sheridan has gotten so far, other than, like, Ivy kind of being icy and just being like, stay out of there if it bothers you. <laughs> you know, like, that's not helpful. Pilar is like, you know what? And Ethan being like, forget about it. It's not a big deal. 
Yeah. You know, and it is a big deal to Sheridan. It's been a traumatic experience for her, and she's still carrying it with her. And Pilar gives her the best advice, which is, you're an adult. You can look at things through a different lens. You can understand with adult feelings and analyze with an adult brain. And you need to do that work if you're ever going to move past it. You have to confront it. You have to do the work. She says, you must confront your memories and defeat them. Yeah. Oh, I like Pilar. Me too. Right. She's good. During this conversation, though, because uh, I don't know how we got here, but she said talks about how she picks the wrong men. She always makes bad choices, especially with men. Well, and look she's, at, oh. she said that because she's like, this has changed the direction of my life. Because of this event, I now make mm. poor decisions, and that includes the choices I make in the men like that I Jean, date. Jean-Luc, he was probably the worst of them all. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of talk about men, and then Pilar... <gasps> has a moment where she talks to Sheridan and says about a little bit about her husband mm-hmm. and says, everyone thinks that I made the wrong de- decision in the person that I married and that he abandoned us and that the, the he's a bad man and I made the wrong decision. But I know in my heart that one day he'll come back and it will clear all of this up and everybody else will be wrong and I will have made the right decision and my heart would have been steady, right? Mm -hmm. So we're getting a little bit of information here. A little bit. We're getting a little information here. So does Pilar know something that Luis doesn't know about the disappearance? Probably. It almost sounds like it when she says something like that. She probably does. And she just hasn't told the kids. I don't know. She probably has a piece of information that she hasn't told the kids because maybe it would only upset them and make things worse. Mm-hmm. That's my assumption. Sheridan didn't kill Martin in her memory as a nine-year-old, did she? <laughs> no. Okay. No. I mean, that's preposterous, but you never know. No. Ugh. So, I... The Lopez Fitzgeralds are like the Starks. How Stark? How Stark? Just never getting back together. Oh. <laughs> Just losing members. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. Did you see that meme? It was a Game of Thrones meme, and it had each Stark uh, member, and each square had like a a, a lyric from that song. Is like, we are never, ever, oh, I never saw that getting back together. It was so funny. I thought it was the most hilarious thing. (laughs) We should do that with this, with the Lopez Fitzgerald. But I don't know what the other three look like. We'll find them and put them up. I know, but I don't want to spoil oh, that's it. Oh, right. Okay. I, I already get a lot of spoilers, and it's not by, you know, I'm not trying to jacuse anybody or, like, be mean. It's just, like... <laughs> Sabotage! It's just, I mean, it's a 10-year-old show, and it's the it's, nature of yeah. doing this podcast and yeah. everything that comes with it. So, I, I, you know, if I can keep any spoilers at bay, yeah, I'm going to. At this point, to. we're in the 20 year uh, years ago part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, ne- this family is... <laughs> I don't think it's ever getting back together. It's so. like they're like the Starks. I don't think so. <laughs> Although the Starks, well, I shouldn't spoil that. No, the Starks never do really get back together. No, not really. Yeah. yeah. They can't. They can't. Half of them are dead. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> yep. Okay, moving on. That's another <laughs> show. All together. Oh, gosh. Those Starks. Those Starks. Okay. Okay, so. That's all I have about Pilar and Sheridan. What do you got? There's a little bit more. So, after Pilar kind of tells us some information about her missing husband and all of that, uh, she tells Sheridan that she doesn't need to worry because 
your family and I are the only ones who know and we're never going to tell. She still urges her to kind of confront her demons, but she wants Sheridan to rest easy knowing that no one's going to start talking about her and, and bringing this up. It's it's just that she needs to do the work. And then Sheridan starts talking about Luis to his mother. This is some bullshit. And like talking smack. And is like, yeah, I think part of the reason that I'm like stressed out and thinking about this is because I just found out that I have to do community service with your son. And he like has the wrong take on a lot of things, including me. Yeah, and she says he has no redeeming qualities. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I know it's your son, but, like, he's the most irritating man ever. Yeah, and and Pilar's like, he's got lots of good qualities. Yeah. But how, this woman is her boss. Right. And this woman is complaining about her son. Some bullshit. I don't know. These people. And Pilar is, like, obviously trying to defend Luis, her child, to Sheridan. And then Pilar is kind of like, well, he... I don't remember exactly what she said, but something about how he's going to work you pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. She says, get get ready. Yeah. (laughs) Brace yourself. (laughs) Winter's coming. (laughs) Winter is coming. Winter is coming. The king of the north, (laughs) Luis Lopez Fitzgerald. I love it. He's John uh, Snow. He is John Snow. Well, that's all with them, but we got to get to Tabitha's house real quick and Let's do that do teeny tiny little bit of shit what was going on at Tabitha's house. I didn't completely understand what was going on. What were they talking about? Okay, so at the beginning... Oh, they celebrate with Martimis yeah, again. Yeah, but different Martimis. Yeah, They're Hawaiian, Hawaiian Martimis. Timmy and Tabitha are celebrating because they don't know that charity... And Grace are on the cusp of meeting. They're celebrating because they always celebrate way too soon. Yeah. Why would you be celebrating? Because that's what the bad guys always do. <laughs> they always celebrate their successes before they've really, like, solidified everything, right? Like, Charity's not even out of town yet. And then when Grace and Sam leave, Tabitha looks at Timmy and is like, I'd rather eat nails than spend five minutes with that dull duo. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my Tabitha voice is, like, like, terrible. It. <laughs> it's better than mine. I don't know. She's just kind of creaky and British-ish, but I don't know how. I can't do that accent. She's like she, she she's like a raspy Lisa Vanderpump. Ra- Lisa Vanderpump already is raspy, but more raspy. Tabitha. She's just creaky. She's not. It's it's not raspy so much as creaky. creaky. It's just yeah. got a little bit of age in the voice. Yeah, a little witchy. Okay. What are they talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's being mean. She's like, Grace and Sam have just donated their afternoon to helping her. And she's like, fuck them. I would rather eat nails than spend another minute with them. They're boring. Yeah. Although I I feel that way about some people. And uh, that's, you know what? Absolutely. (laughs) I'd rather, well, not actual nails. I'd rather chew on my nails. Not many people, but I can think of two. For sure. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> now you're just thinking, thinking about, about people, people you just like. <laughs> okay, moving on. Oh, my God, so yeah. at some point, Timmy says to Tabitha, is there anything you're afraid of, Tabitha? And Tabitha says, nothing. She's not afraid of a goddamn thing, Timmy. <laughs> nothing. Tabitha is, is gangster OG. She's not scared of shit. <laughs> cut to. Well, I think before we cut to, I think it's important to note that while they're celebrating, Tabitha takes a moment to gloat about her magic powers. I'm so powerful. I'm the person who prevented this from happening because of my magic. Timmy's like, well, how can you do all of these amazing things? Tabitha says, I'm a master of my craft. And then... 
Somehow Tabitha ends up in the basement. We did not. I asked Laura. I thought, I thought surely I had just zoned out, wasn't paying attention. Somehow Tabitha ends up in the basement. Well, the first line she says when she's in the basement is, I accomplished my mission. So it seems like she's she reporting. She went to the basement. She oh. went to the basement to report to whoever her boss is. Okay. To be like, I've done what I'm supposed to do. Okay. I think. Okay. And it's a one-sided conversation. So we only see Tabitha's side of of the conversation. And she goes, yes, I know. If I fail, you'll, you'll take away my powers. Wait. <laughs> Something worse than not having my powers? Oh, no, not that. And then she starts, like, putting her hands around her neck. Like, I guess they're threatening to kill her. I, if she doesn't succeed I, in I stopping charity. A, a fate worse than death. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. And then she's like, I swear, I'll finish the job. So I guess she has to actually go and kill Charity. I don't really know. I'll, I think this scene was showing us that Tabitha answers to somebody else, mm-hmm. that her powers can be taken away, mm-hmm. that she's not as all-powerful as she wants Timmy to believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What else? I, you hit all the nails on the head. But Tabitha's story arc is so fucking interesting. Okay. Oh, boy. It is so interesting. I can't wait for you to see more of what happens to Tabitha. I'm excited. Look, I know Tabitha's evil. I know it. (sighs) She's really evil. But I do like her. Because she's interesting. She is so interesting. She's weird. I would rather have weird than normal. Yeah. I'd I'd watch 45 minutes of Tabitha doing whatever the fuck she was doing in this episode, which... Admittedly, I was not paying that much attention. <laughs> Versus 45 minutes of what Charity was doing. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's the whole episode, yes? I think that's it. Yeah. So remember, guys, if you're not following us, follow us. Actually, yeah. you know what? I shouldn't say, guys, that gendered you, and I should not do that. There you go. Look at that. I'm, I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm learning. No. And growing. L- l- friends, listeners, Romans. Lend me your ears. Country people. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of countrymen. Well, you know, my girls, my fourth grade girls, a couple of years ago, we were doing a Christmas song and it says to good, goodwill to men on earth. And Mm -hmm. they got pissed. They were like, why isn't it to all women on earth? Mm. Why isn't it to all girls on earth? I said, so what should we change it to? And they said, it should say people. And I said, okay, that's what we'll do. Boom. Goodwill to all people on earth. Boom. And everybody's happy. I love that there's just a conversation where we are considering just how pervasive certain things are. Mm -hmm. Whether that be gender, whether that be race, whether that be other systems that are in place to disenfranchise, elevate one part of the population and subvert the rest. Yeah. You know? And I think that it's really great that kids are starting to think about that because that's where change comes from. It, you know? Absolutely. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, if you haven't followed us already, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Passions Podcast. You can also uh, get in touch with us via email at passionspodcast at gmail.com. And if you listen on Apple... We would love a five-star review, please. And thank you. And thank you. And here we go. You are.